0: Joy to the world.
1: Or talk about this passage a couple of months from now. And I suspect we will. So shame on me, right? But I think it's good news all the time. Look back to what Brett read. Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him. I was going to say, what him," but it's yeah. wrapped him in swaddling clothes. <clears throat> I presume that's like a, a diaper folded very tight. And Close to him, all wrapped up like a little um, cocoon where he's being kept warm. And laid them in a manger where they fed the animals from because there was no place for them at the inn. And in the same region were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. You and I would be scared out of our wits if something like that appeared to us when you're out in the field or the boonies. The angel said to them, and this message I think is for us too, fear not, fear not. There's a lot of things to be afraid of in our world. A lot of things in the news, a lot of things going on in many different parts of the world. God's people should have that as our kind of first response to news that we hear. Fear not, do not be afraid. How can we possibly not be afraid with all all the stuff going on around us? The angel tells the shepherds, he also tells us, Don't be afraid, fear not, behold, I am bringing you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. He's telling the shepherds, the people who were kind of at the margin of society, the outcasts, these were people that didn't usually spend a lot of time in a home someplace. They traveled with the sheep. If you've ever been around sheep, that means they smelled like sheep. They were kind of dodgy probably think. These are people that polite people in the cities or the villages would really kind of shun and be away from. They were unclean in terms of not so much the dirt although I'm sure they were dirty. They were unclean in terms of not being able to go to the temple to worship because they were around animal and animal waste all the time. So who does God send the good news to first? Is it to the kings? Is it to the powerful? Is it to the religious leaders? God tells the people at the margin of society, you don't be afraid. Because God is sending good news that will bring great joy. It brings great joy to the shepherds. It should bring great uh, news to us. What is that great news? Unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior. Christ the Lord, the Messiah the Lord. Now, it's also good news over in the Gospel of Matthew. Brett didn't read this, but this plays into it too. Matthew records the birth of Jesus like this. The birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, that's engaged, but it's much more than an engagement. While you were betrothed to another person, if that person died before you were married, you were viewed as a widow or a widower. You would inherit property if the person you were betrothed to passed away before you were married. That doesn't happen if you're engaged. doesn't happen if you're engaged. Before they came together, they're not married, they're not sleeping together, they're not living together yet. Before they became one as a married couple, Mary was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, let's face it, probably was having trouble believing that. How many times has that ever happened? And before this time? right? So it's hard, hard to really blame Joseph for not inventing the idea of a miracle. It takes an angel coming to him, as we'll see in a moment, to set him straight. Her husband Joseph, being a just man and not wanting to put her to an open shame, which would certainly have been in that time, resolved to divorce her put her away quietly he believes mary is guilty of sin believes that she has done something she shouldn't have but he's he loves her he doesn't want to put her to shame so just we'll do this over here rather than dragging out in the city square or something like that that's his plan god wants to make sure he corrects joseph's misunderstanding As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Joseph, in a dream. saying, Joseph, son of David, notice again, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins good news is that we do not need to be afraid in the world. The good news is that we do not need to be fearful of our sins keeping us separated from God. Because this man Jesus who came into the world, the son of God who came into the world, came into the world to save us from the consequences of our own choices. I call that Very, very good news. Let's go to our next (laughs) reading.
2: Luke 4. Jesus came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's from Isaiah 61. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all of the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled. You're here.
0: <clears throat> the next song will be 500. hold the bound of every blessing. Oh, the bound of every blessing to my heart to sing my grace streams of earth.
1: that Brett just read does in fact show that not only is God the fount of every blessing, Jesus came to not only forgive our sins but to bring those blessings to each and every one of us. Look at what the passage says again that Brett just read from Luke 4. Quoting again from Isaiah 61, 700 years before, 700 years the people had to wait for this prophecy be fulfilled in Jesus. The Spirit, is the, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It is the year of the Lord's favor. Every year is. Because think about what Jesus did. He did in fact bring good news to the poor Poor poorness if you will being poor doesn't matter it's not a separation of you and god things that are here and now seemingly important are not important in the eternal scheme of things he came to proclaim liberty to the captives people who were slaves were going to be set free that took in many cases a lot longer happen but he did the teachings of jesus are the ones that eventually helped free those from slavery sight to the blind and freedom to the enslaved all of those have a physical corresponding analogy he did in fact heal blind people he did in fact bring good news and help to the poor but he also brought help in a different He brought good news to the poor in spirit, because theirs would be the kingdom of heaven. He brought good news to the captives, people who were captive to sin, people who were enslaved to living for themselves. He's the one that said, there's a way to escape that slavery. Come unto me if you're burdened and I will give you rest, there's no need to be burdened by our own sins today or from the past. Sight to the blind, he healed blind people, but he also helped open the eyes of people to things that really matter, to things that truly are important, showing us what God is really like. A loving father, pacing as it were back and forth, looking off into the distance, wondering if today is the day the child will come home. And as I say, freedom to the enslaved. There's so many things we enslave ourselves to. The only way to truly be free is to give ourselves to God and become his servants, his slaves. We're a slave to something. We're either a slave to sin, a slave to ourselves and our own wants and desires, or we can become a slave, strangely enough, in that contradictory sounding language, a slave to be free love and serve God. He's the fount of every blessing, physical and eternal. That is also very, very good news.
2: Brett, we'll do our next reading. In Acts 14, Luke records, that when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, that the local people thought they were gods. They tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of nature just like you, and we bring you good news. You should turn from these vain things to a living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in it.
0: Next song is, We Have Heard the Joyful Sound, 723. 723. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Jesus saves, Jesus saved, sing it softly through the gloom, when the heart for mercy prays. Sing dry and over the tomb, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, give the wind a mighty voice, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Child's salvation, full and free, Highest hills and deepest caves, This our song of victory, Jesus saves, Jesus saves.
1: So look back at the verses that Brett just read here from Acts 14. The setting here is Paul and Barnabas on what's called the first missionary journey, where they are going through some of the towns along the southern coast of what's modern-day Turkey, called the province of Asia by the Romans. And they're going into pagan towns, towns that are worshipping the Greek gods and goddesses. They have no real idea who the god of the Bible is, or if, and no real... Knowledge of that Jesus came. So they're going into a pagan world. I think this is very appropriate for us because really and truly much of our world today is rather pagan. The focus on physical, the focus on uh, immorality is every bit as widespread today as it was back then. People don't think twice about swiping on an app to find someone to spend the evening with. They didn't have the app back then, but the outcome is pretty much the same. The pagan world then needed to know the good news. The pagan world, as it were today, needs to know the good news. And look what happens. They go in, and because of their abilities to to perform miracles, the pagans suddenly become kind of a culture of admiration. They they elevate Paul and Barnabas as the people of the hour. They have fame suddenly all of a sudden. Pop culture indeed. Happens today. All you got to do is watch some of the stuff that goes on today and people flow into being the top of the crop. They're the ones people focus on and then terrible sadness perhaps when they disappear from that. As they start to begin to worship Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas, however, have a very different reaction from most people today who suddenly fall into the limelight and get elevated into a position of adoration to become the focal point of society. Rather than saying, yeah, you know, we did do some wonderful things over there and you guys ain't seen nothing yet. Rather than taking that kind of approach, they tear their clothes. That's a sign of extreme distress they start ripping their outer garment apart and they rush out into the crowd playing, saying and crying out not nah, it's about time you guys saw what we could do not no no not at all men why are you doing these things why are you holding us up we are also men of like nature like you we're nothing special the only thing we are doing is we bring you good news What good news are Paul and Barnabas bringing to the pagan people of their day? What good news should we take to our culture? The good news they are bringing is that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is them, all that is in them. Paul and Barnabas were speaking of idols. They were speaking of stone images and temples, worshiping creatures and beings that were thought to live on Mount Olympus who weren't there. What are people today focused on they need to turn away from? People today need to turn away from a focus on success, a focus on money, a focus on popularity, a focus on the next big thing, whatever that may be, a focus they need to turn away from a focus on finding that next thrill, whether from an immoral perspective or whatever it may be. I think if Paul and Barnabas were to walk into one of our bigger cities today, they did some spectacular deed. They would be a pop culture sensation. It would be people maybe not building a temple of Paul and Barnabas, but they would be, in effect, worshipped, the same way they were attempting to do here what Paul and Barnabas tell them you guys don't understand it. this thing that we just did was to capture your attention because we have good news for you the way you are headed leads to destruction that doesn't sound like good news why does somebody want to tell me that why, why is it good news that I'm headed for destruction there's a way out there's a way Live like you've never lived before. That is to turn away from these things that have captured your attention now and turn to a living God who made everything you see. That living God loves you enough that he sent his son to proclaim, as we read before, the year of the Lord's favor. That is good news for all The very good news is that no matter what we may have done in the past, it's in the past. And instead of living in our past and focusing on our past, God wants us to focus on our future. And that future involves turning to Him. Turning to God. Very good news indeed.
2: Our next reading. Mm. In Acts. Luke writes, In every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right, he's accepted to it. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, his Lord of all, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John, proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with help. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in the Jerusalem. <clears throat> they put him to death by hanging on a tree, but God raised him on the third day. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he's the one appointed by God to be judged of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Next song is I Believe in
0: Jesus, 267. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the one they call Jesus. I believe he's still a-
1: good news really means. Here he's talking to Cornelius, the leader of a large group of Roman soldiers who had been a follower after God but needed to know what God really wanted of him. And as Peter, who's speaking here, explains, he went about, about Jesus. Jesus went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Remember the passage we read before from Luke 4. Jesus had come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor that would bring sight to the blind and all sorts of healings of people's physical illnesses. But it goes so much beyond that. He went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Yet, they put him to death by hanging him on a tree, God raised him on the third day. I remember reading that from a little children's Bible years ago to our son. And when I finally read it one time, we got to the point where Jesus had died. And I remember a son, who had to be about three at the time, went, Oh, it finally hit him that Jesus died. I'm sure he had heard it, but it really hadn't hit him. He knew some of the stories about Jesus, I mean, going to class and all this, but he's like, Oh, But I love that little children's Bible because the next thing it said was, but it was about to be a wonderful surprise. I'm so glad it doesn't end right there where it says they put him to death, hanging him on the tree. God had a great surprise. And it was a surprise. His disciples didn't believe it. His disciples didn't believe it. So it's not like this was something everybody knew was coming. It was a very hard thing to accept. We have the benefit now of looking back at it. God raised him on the third day, and Jesus commanded his disciples, who saw all these things, to do what? To preach to the people and to testify that he, Jesus, is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead, and to him all the prophets bear witness. What? What is this witness the prophets had that Jesus came to fulfill that we need to tell ourselves and tell other people? out in the outside world that everyone who believes in him, in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins through his name, by his authority every one of us every one of us knows that we have done things that are wrong anybody out on the street people who may never have been to church, they will know they have done things that are wrong they're just not aware of what the consequence of that choice was We have to understand our consequences from our own choices in order to appreciate the good news that's brought to us by Jesus, the good news that God sent his son into the world to take our place, to take my place for what should have happened to me. And on the day that we're talking about here, when God is the judge of the living and the dead, when Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead, I'm going to stand before God. God will turn to me and say, I'm sure. He's got hands, he'll say, but What were you thinking? It's at that moment that if I'm a member of God's family, Jesus will say, I took the penalty for that. Because I would have no excuse. No excuse. and if that's not good news, I don't know what it is. Our next reading. Mm-hmm.
2: In Romans, Paul writes Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life.
1: next song will be our invitation song. So the commentary comes before that next song. As Brett read, we have been justified. We have been set right before God. We have been pardoned, if you will, forgiven by his blood. Whose blood? Jesus' blood. They may have put him, hung him on a tree, and killed him by hanging him on a tree, but in the shedding of his blood, we have hope. We have forgiveness of our sins, and we have been saved from the wrath of God. Our sins separated us from God. We talked about this in class today. God had told Adam that in the day you eat of this tree that I tell you don't eat, you will surely die. Well, he continued living 900 years. He didn't die the day he took the bite, whatever that fruit was, but he died on the inside as it were. Because in making the choice to do what he wanted to do, he was separated from God. That's what sin does to us. Every one of us at a certain age knew what we were doing well enough that when we chose to do something anyway, even though we knew we shouldn't, we stepped out of any light that may have been within us being born as a child, and we entered darkness. Good news is the light is still there. The light is still there, and God calls us through His Son to come out of darkness into the abundant light that He offers for each of us. And look at verse 10. If while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, stop for a moment. God didn't send His Son to die because of righteous people. He didn't send His Son to die because there were a lot of good people down there. He sent his son to die because all of us had no hope at all. We were enemies. We were walking out in the darkness, doing whatever we wanted to do, unconcerned because we were, to an effect, somewhat ignorant of what our actions really were going to bring on us. While we were enemies, God allowed his son to die for us so that much more being reconciled, brought back to God, By the death of his son, we come out of darkness into the light. We are saved by the fact that Jesus didn't stay dead. He died. In the act of dying, he shed his blood, which forgives our sins. But it's God raising him from the dead that really gives us the hope that we have a life to go live with God. The grave is not the end. The one basic message of Christianity is that the grave is not the last word we're going to come out of the grave either to a resurrection of condemnation a resurrection of life depending on whether we are following after jesus look back once more first verse of chapter 5 in romans therefore since we have been justified set right forgiven pardoned by our faith we have peace with god through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the word we read a moment ago. While we were enemies with God. We're not enemies anymore. We have peace. Through what Jesus did for us. Nothing I could have done. Would ever have allowed me to have peace with God. Nothing. Nothing I can do today. Will bring peace with God. Peace was set aside. Was brought into the world. For me to obtain peace with God. Only through what Jesus did question this morning. I think it's a very important question. Do you have peace with God today? You can tell if you do, because if you have not understood that you're in a sinful situation, all of us are sinners. If you have not understood that Jesus came to die to allow you to be reconciled and brought back to God, if you have not said i need to change the way i'm living i'm not living the way god wants me to do i need to repent and then god wants me to die to my old ways by being buried in water call that baptism dying there and letting god raise you up to be a brand new person with all those past sins forgotten having peace with god and you need to do that and if you did that but i kind of still like the dark I know I came out of the dark. I keep tiptoeing over there and I disappear for a while. I go back to some of my sinful behaviors. God wants you to come into the light and stay focused on the light. We are happy, more than happy, to take your name before God in prayer, asking for forgiveness. Every one of us needs forgiveness. You too can leave this building today knowing, knowing that you have peace with God. Please don't delay I'm just withstandings.